Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The Word That the Lord Spake Against Babylon. It shall be focused on a study of Jeremiah chapter 50. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee to recognize, Father, that all those that exalt yourself, you shall bring them a base. We thank thee, Father, for your word, and we pray, speak to us out of thy word. Give us the spirit of humility. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Jeremiah chapter 50. Jeremiah 50 The word that the Lord spake against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Declare ye among the nations, and publish, and set up a standard. Publish, and conceal not. Say, Babylon is taken, Bel is confounded, Merodach is broken in pieces, her idols are confounded, her images are broken in pieces. For out of the north there cometh up a nation against her, which shall make her land a desolate, and none shall dwell therein. They shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. In those days, and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, they shall go and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion, with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep, their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains, they have gone from mountain to hill, they have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them, and their adversaries said, We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. The habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Remove out of the midst of Babylon, go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans, and be as the he-goats before the flocks. For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country. And they shall set themselves in array against her. From thence she shall be taken, their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man." none shall return in vain. And Chaldea shall be a spoil, all that spoil her shall be satisfied, saith the Lord. Because ye were glad, because ye rejoiced, O ye destroyers of mine heritage, because ye are grown fat as the heifer at grass, and bellow as bulls. Your mother shall be sore confounded, she that bear you shall be ashamed. Behold, the hindermost of the nation shall be a wilderness, a dry land, and a desert." Because of the wrath of the Lord, it shall not be inhabited, but it shall be wholly desolate. Every one that goeth by Babylon shall be astonished, and hiss at all her plagues. Put yourselves in array against Babylon round about, all ye that bend the bow, shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she hath sinned against the Lord. Shout against her round about, she hath given her hand, her foundations are fallen, her walls are thrown down, for it is the vengeance of the Lord. Take vengeance upon her, as she hath done, do unto her. Cut off the sower from Babylon, 
and him that handleth the sickle in the time of harvest. For fear of the oppressing sword they shall turn every one to his people, and they shall flee every one to his own land. Israel is a scattered sheep. The lions have driven him away. First the king of Assyria hath devoured him, and last this Nebuchadrezzar king of Babylon hath broken his bones. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, behold, I will punish the king of Babylon and his land as I have punished the king of Assyria, and I will bring Israel again to his habitation, and he shall feed on Carmel and Bashan, and his soul shall be satisfied upon Mount Ephraim and Gilead. In those days, and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none, and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found. For I will pardon them whom I reserve. Go up against the land of Merathaim, even against it, and against the inhabitants of Picard. Waste and utterly destroy after them, saith the Lord, and do according to all that I have commanded thee. A sound of battle is in the land, and of great destruction. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? How is Babylon become a desolation among the nations? I have laid a snare for thee, and thou art also taken, O Babylon, and thou wast not aware, thou art found, and also caught, because thou hast striven against the Lord. The Lord hath opened his armory, and hath brought forth the weapons of his indignation. For this is the work of the Lord God of hosts in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from the utmost border, open her storehouses, cast her up as heaps, and destroy her utterly. Let nothing of her be left. Slay all her bullocks, let them go down to the slaughter, woe unto them, for their day is come, the time of their visitation. The voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon, to declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, the vengeance of his temple, Call together the archers against Babylon, all ye that bend the bow. Camp against it round about, let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she hath done, do unto her. For she hath been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. Therefore shall her young men fall in the streets, and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day, saith the Lord. Behold, I am against thee, O thou most proud, saith the Lord God of hosts. For thy day is come, the time that I will visit thee. And the most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up. And I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it shall devour all round about him. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together, and all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. Their Redeemer is strong, the Lord of hosts is his name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause, that he may give rest to the land, and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. The sword is upon the Chaldeans, saith the Lord, and upon the inhabitants of Babylon, and upon her princes, and upon her wise men. A sword is upon the liars, and they shall dote. A sword is upon her mighty men, and they shall be dismayed. A sword is upon their horses, and upon their chariots, and upon all the mingled people that are in the midst of her and they shall become as women. A sword is upon her treasures, and they shall be robbed. A drought is upon her waters, and they shall be dried up. For it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Therefore the wild beasts of the desert with the wild beasts of the islands shall dwell there, 
and the owl shall dwell therein. And it shall be no more inhabited forever, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and the neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, so shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the coasts of the earth. They shall hold the bow and the lance, they are cruel, and will not show mercy. Their voice shall roar like the sea, and they shall ride upon horses, every one put in array like a man to the battle against thee, O daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon hath heard the report of them, and his hands waxed feeble. Anguish took hold of him, and pangs as of a woman in travail, behold. He shall come up like a lion from the swelling of Jordan unto the habitation of the strong. But I will make them suddenly run away from her. And who is a chosen man that I may appoint over her? For who is like me, and who will appoint me the time? And who is that shepherd that will stand before me? Therefore hear ye the counsel of the Lord, that he hath taken against Babylon and his purposes, that he hath purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved, and the cry is heard among the nations. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, the True and False Vines. This was preached in 1956 on March the 11th. We'll begin at paragraph 25 up to the end. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Someone said not long ago, Brother Bram, you believe we ought to do this and do that and train the people to do this? I said, I live in a country where they have a lot of scrub oak. In the springtime, we never have to go out and pick them old leaves off. They stayed on all winter. The only thing to do is let the new life come in, the old leaf drops off. And when a man or a woman is born of the Spirit of God, the old life drops away and the new life takes its place. Now, these vines, a true vine, St. John 14, Jesus said he was the vine, we were the branches. Many times in the Bible you see that God likes his church into a vine. Now, in order to properly understand this, parable or this prophecy everything that's on the earth there's nothing new everything was at one time scripture teaches that and every cult and every fanaticism and every formality and every ism there is on the earth began in Genesis you know that Genesis means beginning and in Genesis began everything, begin the creation, begin the trees, begin the birds, begin human life, begin religion. Everything come from Genesis. Now let's take a little picture, go back. Just a while ago in the room I was reading to my boy Revelations 17 of the old a prostitute woman and her daughters called Babylon. Babylon? First began in Genesis. Then it appears over here in the days of King Nebuchadnezzar at the issue of the Gentiles. 
And then it appears at the going out of the age in Revelations. Babylon was the first begin with idolatry. In the middle of the book, it's idolatry. It ends up in the end under the name of Christianity, but still idolatry. Now, if it began in Genesis, it ends over here. Then salvation begins in Genesis. Impersonation begins in Genesis. Formality begins in Genesis. Everything began at Genesis. It's like a vine. Now, there was two boys. We'll start for Adam and Eve was pure. God made Adam out of the dust of the earth, taking from his side a rib and made a woman. And she sinned, brought Adam into it. They both sinned. Then God drove them out. They had two children. One was Cain. One was Abel. If I was going to speak here next week, there's one subject that I like to speak on. Three questions of God. Where art thou? What is this thou hast done? And where is thy brother? Where art thou? He spoke to Adam. What is this thou hast done? He spoke to Eve. Where is thy brother? He spoke to Cain. Three questions God asked. Think of it. Now in coming out, there was two boys. After Adam and Eve, and Cain and Abel. And they were both the children of the parent of Adam and Eve. Now remember, both boys tried to find favor with God. And they made an altar. Now here's the shocking part now. Get right down to the bottom. Cain was not an unbeliever. Cain was a believer. Oh, may the Holy Spirit now quieten us, get our attentions back in Genesis, and let's live this picture. Cain was not an unbeliever. Cain was a believer. And if a believer is all that God requires, God was unjust condemning Cain and accepting another believer. Cain was not a communist. Cain was not an infidel. Cain was a religious man. And notice, he came to worship God. He not only was a believer, but he was a worshiper. Not of a false cult, but he was a worshiper of Jehovah God. That is soap now. Notice, a worshiper of God. I've heard people say, all you have to do is confess Jesus to be the Son of God. You're saved. Devil's done the same thing, and they're not saved, you know. It takes more than that. The devil said, we know who you are, the Son of God, the Holy One of Israel. Publicly confessing. Cain was a believer and acknowledged the Creator. Not only that, but he was a worshiper. Now, I suppose at the east side of the Garden of Eden, where the garden laid east in Eden... Perhaps there where the great sword of the angel was flipping back and forth, the lightning guarding that tree. Cain and Abel out there working in the fields realized that they come from that lovely home. They were trying to worship God. And Cain built himself an altar or a church. Abel built him one. Cain made a sacrifice. Abel made one. Cain knelt in worship. Abel did the same thing. Now, if God only requires a faith in God, 
a confession, an altar, a church membership, a sacrifice, and a membership and a loyalty to the church, a part of your money, your time of worship, your sincerity of what you believe, then God, being just, would have to accept Cain. Easter's soon coming, and this lovely city with others across the nation, there will be tens of thousands, times thousands of dollars spent for Easter flowers to go on the altar. Why, brother, that's pagan. God never had an altar for Easter flowers. That's what Cain put on it. And coming Easter, the, they don't even, the world has got even Easter, Christmas and everything else, so it's a great day of commercial. Nothing about God in it. What in the world's Easter got to do with a rabbit or a chicken or a yellow duck or something? We're just as pagan as the heathens are and worse than they are in Africa. Yet you put up with it. God help us to shun those things. As the sunlight of God's begin to bathe down and expose those things, let's walk in the light. Easter don't mean putting on a whole lot of new clothes and get out. But members of churches are going to throw the whole altar full of Easter flowers, make their contribution to the church, write a check out for several thousand dollars and give it into the church so they can build a, a maybe a new recreation room. You need a prayer room. Pastor all to be in it too. Alright. But there it is. Where did it come from? We see it here. Where did it come from? From Genesis it began. Cain. Looky here. Here's these. I want you to give me your attention now. Here comes these two vines. Coming up. They're still in existence today. Jesus taught the parable. Said a sower went forth and sowed seed. Enemy come and sowed seeds behind him. One brought up weeds. The other brought up wheat. He said, shall we pick them up? Pluck the weed out or the weeds out? He said, No. Let them both grow together. And as the church natural begins to get formal and ungodly, the church spiritual is receiving great gifts and powers from above. They're both going into seed. As the world gets more wicked, the church gets more powerful. I don't mean all it's called church. I mean the church. The born again believers. Not by membership, not by this, but by one spirit. We're all baptized into one body. Amen. Notice them two spirits that was on those boys. Now, Cain was just as fundamental as Abel was. If God only wants, if somebody was standing there and saying, well, look, Abel, are you going to be accepted? Well, why? Well, he said, I'm, I believe in God. Cain says, I do too. Well, he said, I am a... I'm a worshiper of God. Cain said, I am also. Abel said, I, I give my offering to God. Cain said, I did also. And he said, I believe, uh, I believe in God. Cain said, I do also. Abel said, I offered my prayer to God. Cain said, I did also. One was just as fundamental as the other. What caused it? Here it is. Following up from last night or from this morning, God... By 
election elected his church. Now, worship, yes. Here comes that weed coming up. Here comes this one on this side, this vine. Both of them growing up together. Wish we had time, but you got to get back. It's getting late. Oh, my, I, I feel it coming, honest to do. I just feel way down in my heart a blessing hanging above us. Look, I want you to be sure to see it. Here they are coming up, reaching up the place of clouds. Look along through the Bible. They've always had true and false. And Jesus said in the last days now, let me get this close to you. Communism is not the Antichrist. Stalin, Molotov, they are not the Antichrist that Jesus spoke of. Jesus said the Antichrist would be so close to the real, it would deceive the very elect, if possible. The Antichrist is religious. We'll let that soak just a minute. The Antichrist is a Christian professing religion. Judas, the head of it, was a believer, added to the number, treasure in the church, a brother. Same church went in and out among them and was the devil himself professing to be a believer. Shake yourself now, man. May the Holy Spirit do it. Shake your conscience. Notice, here comes these vines up. Look in the ark. There was a crow sitting on one side. A dove sitting on the same floor. The fowls stayed on the second floor. The creeping things on the bottom floor of the ark. Second floor, the fowls. The top, Noah and his family. On the second floor, same ark, same room, perhaps the same roost. Said a dove and a crow. The crow says, I can fly. The dove says, I can too. They turned the crow out. And the crow was satisfied to eat the dead carcasses. The dove could not stay out. For her nature was different. Amen. Any man that's ever born of the Spirit of God and received eternal life cannot go back and eat the things of the world. Don't be deceived. If you still love the world, you don't love God. Jesus said, he that says that he loves me, keeps not my sayings, a liar and the truth not in him. And if you love God and the things that pass away, you got everlasting life sealed away by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. Amen. Notice. Oh, I think of it. Why can't the dove eat those dead carcasses? The dove is the only bird there is that doesn't have a gall. There's no bitterness about a dove. She couldn't digest it. And there's something about a man or woman that ever tasted of Jesus Christ can't taste the world no more. He'll spit it out every time. There you are. Both of them can fly. Both of them's got churches. Both of them can sit on the roost. But there's a difference in them. Like it was in Cain and Abel. This side Cain, this side Abel. Look at these spirits going on. Oh, how we come to Esau, Jacob. Why, Esau was far a better gentleman than Jacob. Jacob, if you excuse it, God forgive me, was a little shyster. 
Yes. What was he, little old lazy fella? But he was chosen of God. God done the electing and choosing Jacob. Esau take care of his old blind daddy and fed the cattle and so forth like that. But he despised his birthrights and Jacob believed in it. Hallelujah. There's the church today. Once at all that new birth stuff, that their holy roller stuff, there's nothing to it. Some of them love it. The others despise it. I'm glad to get it. Man. I believe in the new birth. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Without it, you're gone, brother. Look. Now we can bring it on up to you. What a beautiful type of Israel. When they came out of Egypt, they were on their way up into the promised land. They were journeying out there in tents. They come up to the country of Moab. Moab? Where did it spring from? From Lot's daughter's child by her father. Now, the Moabites was not unbelievers. They were worshipers of Jehovah God. Certainly they were. They even had a fine preacher over there by the name of Balaam, a prophet. But like a whole lot of the Harlan prophets was money crazy. Amen. Selling their gifts. They're doing it today. Find gifted things out in the world to make money. It's a disgrace. Compromising. Borderlines. One day in the world, the next day in the church. You can't do that. You've got to sell out. Be born again. Move plumb inland as far as you can go. Tail off the borderline. Notice. But here they come. Moab seen them coming. So jo- Israel, by Moses, sent some man on said, Ask Moab, our brother, if we can pass through the land. Balak the king said, No, you're not passing through my land. He refused him. I don't want that bunch of people in my place. Keep them down there in the auditorium. <laughs> Send them over to Jack Moore's. All right. But you're not going to pollute our bunch of people with your doctrine. There you are. Same thing. Same spirit. God takes his man, but never his spirit. The devil takes his man, but never his spirit. The same religious man that condemned Jesus Christ, priest, loyal man, our man standing in the pulpit today, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. That priest is dead, but that spirit still lives. Look at it. And they come up there and said, no, they're not passing through our land. So he called the preacher from over at the seminary, or the pastoral, and said, come over and curse this people for me. How in the world are you going to curse what God has blessed? Now, they were strictly an interdenominational people. <laughs> they didn't have any land of their own. They dwelt in tents. Moab was a fine denomination. A nation settled down with kings and so forth, but Israel wasn't that way. The other lands were all settled, had their kingdoms and homes, but Israel dwelt in tents. When they got a king, they backslid when they become a nomination. Still the same way. That's right. Oh, brother, that didn't hit good. I can feel that. But that's the truth. You have man that you laugh at the Catholic, it's pot calling Kittle Black. That's right. Can't do it. Denominations are set up by a bunch of men. God never intended, never organized one denomination, and never did and never will. He's the king. He's the one to live. That's right. 
I ain't got nothing against the denomination, the people in the denomination, but they dominate too much of the people. Now, if you can find in the Bible where God ever organized or denominated a group of people, I want you to tell me. But always against it. Same God lives today. Now, notice this man. When he come out, Balaam said to Balak, Balak rather sent to Balaam and said, Come over here and curse this people. I don't want them in my country. Said that bunch of holy rollers, I don't want them in here. You say, holy rollers, Brother Branham? Yes, they were holy rollers. Can you prove it? Yes, sir. When they crossed through the red blood of the Red Sea, saw the taskmasters dead behind them, poor brother Dr. Moses got informal, throwed his hands up in the air and began to screaming and singing in the spirit. And Miriam, the prophetess, she got informal and grabbed the tambourine and run down the bank, beating and dancing. And the daughters of Israel followed her dancing, beating on tambourine. If that ain't an old-fashioned holy roller meeting, I've never seen one in my life. Amen. They were informal holy rollers. You don't want to believe that, but that's the truth. That's thus saith the Lord, the Scripture. Sure, they were holy rollers. Interdenominational holy rollers. That's that vine over here. Now... When he called this preacher down, the curse or to hold a debate with them. Show them that they're wrong. Come down here and prove it to them. Curse them. Shut their churches up. We ain't got no use for them. Same thing exists today. Same thing. Religious people. Balaam, the borderline preacher, comes down. He looks over and says, yep. And people look what they've done. Oh, my. I, I sure can put a curse on them. We'll sure show them where they're standing. So he said, build me seven altars. That's exactly what they had down the camp of Israel. Seven altars. That's God's perfect number. He said, offer seven bullocks, seven rams. Just exactly the same offering they were offering down there. He said, bring out all the nobles of the land. The great man. And they offered the same offering. The same kind of altars. The same amount of offering. The same kind. Built seven altars, seven calves, seven rams, and the dignitaries of the land, the bishops, archbishops, and deities all stood around and worshipped God over the smoldering sacrifice. Brother, fundamental, just as fundamental as Israel was. That's exactly right. If fundamentalism is all God requires, there was Moab standing there. Here was Israel, his brother in the valley. Both of them worshiping the same God under the same sacrifice and the same atonement. Hallelujah. Look. The same thing exists today amongst fundamental people. They say, Brother Branham, we can prove we believe in the virgin birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the second coming. Just the same as you do. That's the truth. Don't tie with the fundamental people. They know what they're talking about, scripturally speaking. Just as fundamentalist as you are. To justify and answer prayer. How's he going to answer prayer when this one trying to curse that one? Both of them offering the same sacrifice. Today offering the same prayer to the same Lord Jesus by the same blood that the bunch of so-called holy rollers offer. That's the same thing happened there. It's the same two bonds out of Genesis still moving up. What was the difference? If this man is fundamental and this is fundamental, what's he going to do about it? Which tribe is God with? God have vindicated Israel 
with signs and wonders. These people didn't have it. They had no signs and wonders. They had the supernatural. They had screaming. They had shouting. They had dancing in the spirit. They had a pillar of fire. They had a smitten rock. They had a brass serpent for the... As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Father, for Thy election that You've made us sons and daughters of God, even before the foundation of the world. Help us to come to ourselves that You might manifest Your life through us, that we might become living epistles read of all men. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. The battle began in the Garden of Eden When Satan laid hold on the soul of a man Sowing seeds of destruction and fear All down through the ages To lead man away from that beautiful land As the battle goes on Many soldiers have fallen For the enemy forces Have weakened their will But I'm trusting in one Who has never lost a battle For sin was defeated on Calvary's hill And he is my sword and shield In the heat of the battle He is my counselor and friend Full of mercy and grace My Jesus is steadfast and true When the world stands against me my cleft in a mighty rock, he's my hiding place. When the children of Israel came up to the Red Sea, they were unwilling to give up their lives to Pharaoh's command. So they called on a mighty God And the waters divided And safely he led them, thank God Across to dry land And he is my sword and shield In the heat of the battle He is my counselor and friend Full of mercy and grace 
My Jesus is steadfast and true When the world stands against me He is my cleft in a mighty rock He's my high place And He is my sword and shield In the heat of the battle He is my counselor and friend Full of mercy and grace My Jesus is steadfast and true When the world stands against me He is my cleft in a mighty rock He's my hiding place He is my sword and shield In the heat of the battle He is my cleft in a mighty rock He's my hiding place He's my hiding place